powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. Welcome to Chalkboard Chat, where we talk about all things education in Mississippi. I am Dr. Tara Y. Wren, and today I have with me two special guests from the Mississippi Department of Education who will share with us about an innovative program that helped propel middle and high school students towards a career and or college degree or credits. Our topic today is early college high schools, which are small schools that are usually located on a community college campus. It is a four-year program designed to provide students with a non-traditional high school experience. When they graduate, they can receive both a high school diploma and either a career tech certificate or an associate's degree. They can earn credits toward a bachelor's degree also. My guests today are Ms. Wendy Clemens, Associate Superintendent of Secondary Education, Career and Technical Education and Professional Development. Also, we have Dr. Lee Johnson, Bureau Director for the Office of Professional Development and Innovative Programs. If their job titles are any indication of their workload, and I'm sure they are, <laughs> I am quite appreciative for both of you taking time out of your very busy schedules to come and talk to us today about Mississippi's early college high schools. So welcome to Chalkboard Chat. Thank you, Chair. So let me start by getting to know a little bit about both of you and your connection to the early college high schools. Let's start with you, Ms. Clemens. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your connection and what you have going on along with the early college high schools. Thank you, Tara. I started with the Mississippi Department of Education in 2015. And when I came on board with the Office of Secondary Education, we were looking at starting early college high schools in the state of Mississippi. We actually traveled to North Carolina and went to an early college high school related conference and went to some early college high schools there in that state. And so we came back to Mississippi and and we wanted to model as closely as we could those early college high schools that we visited, both in North Carolina. And then I think previously the MDE had gone to Texas as well to look at some models. So we began to work with secondary schools, high schools, as well as their post-secondary counterparts. In most cases, the local community colleges. And we just tried to identify where there was local interest in developing an early college high school, keeping in mind that the target audience for early college high schools would be first-generation college students, students who maybe come from backgrounds of poverty, and minority students. We wanted to target that population of students who we typically find struggle more at either finding post-secondary placement in a career or post-secondary placement in a college setting. And so the very first group of secondary schools that we identified with an interest was the Golden Triangle area around Starkville. And there were five districts that showed interest in what we would call a regional early college high school. The districts were Columbus School District, Starkville School District, Lowndes County School District, West Point School District, 
and Noxabee School District. Those were the five. And so we worked tirelessly with those communities and those schools, as well as East Mississippi Community College, who was our post-secondary institution that showed interest in this model as well. And so born in about 2016-17 was our very first year for early college high schools there at the Golden Triangle Early College High School. And that's where they get their name, GTEx, because that's the acronym for their title. And they continue to exist. They're our longest standing early college high school. And they're our only regional early college high school. And what I mean by regional is that they accept students from various school districts to come to their early college high school. And so that's kind of how the model was born. That is a great overview. Such a great program. I'm so glad that you were on that team to bring that to Mississippi and go get that intelligence from our neighbors, our other states. Mm -hmm. Dr. Johnson, what's your responsibilities with the early college high schools? Thank you again, Tara, for having us on the program. Really looking forward to this. At my level as the bureau director, I came on in 2019 and took on not only professional development, but what we call the innovative programs. And early college high schools are one of the innovative programs that we have here at the MDE. So currently we have 10 districts of innovation, five early college high schools, 11 middle college high schools, and three schools of innovation. And we're very proud of all of our schools, but especially those early college high schools, what we're seeing so far in the data. And some of them are not there yet in terms of giving us graduation information because it takes four years to get there because you got to grow the kids all the way through. But the ones that are at that point, over half their students are coming out with both a regular degree and an associate's degree or certification. So I'm very pleased with these students and their work. Absolutely. Five early college high schools in Mississippi. Yes. Where are they located? The most northern one is GTEx, which is the Golden Triangle. Then we have River City, which is at the Vicksburg area in the Vicksburg School District. At Natchez, we have Natchez with Kapaya Lincoln is their school that they work with. Here in Jackson, we have Tougaloo, Jackson Public Schools in Tougaloo. And our fifth one is Greenville Early College High School. And they are one of the few that are actually working with a four-year college instead of a community college. And who's Greenville with? With Valley. And Tougaloo is with JPS. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're okay. the only private school that's working with us. Private school. Well, you have lots of diversity there. And yes. I think this is going to catch on. I'm certainly excited about it. We have an MPB student council and one of our students, Natalie Ford, who is from Vicksburg, Mississippi. When we first met Natalie and we were figuring out where all the students go to school, Natalie was saying this long title, her high school, and then she said early college, and we just ended up accepting it. It just so happened that Dr. Marvin Jeter, who is our chief of staff here, we were having a conversation a few weeks ago, which was month after we met Natalie, and he started talking about this, and wow, we connected the dots. And so we do have a student that we're connected with, and I have talked with Natalie this week, interviewed her for a portion of this podcast as well to get the student experience. That's great. That is great. Yeah, she's excited. She's really excited. So tell me, what are the ultimate goals or what is the ultimate goal of early college high schools? 
As I mentioned earlier, it's hugely important to us that when an early college high school is instituted, that they are, in fact, focusing on the population of students that we're talking about. And I think that lends itself to our goal with early college high schools is it's great if you graduate with a diploma as well as an associate's degree or some sort of industry recognized credential. That said, even if you don't, if we can can get populations who typically struggle in that post-secondary realm or the transition to that post-secondary realm, if we can get them to where they realize that a career, not just a job, but a career or an opportunity to go to college is something that they can do and it's something that's available to them and it's something that they can excel at, that is important as them walking away with the mm -hmm. associate's degree because you've opened a door for students who might typically not have a door opened for them. So with our early college high schools, we want high flyers and we want those associate's degrees and we want those students to identify what they want to be when they grow up, which with the early college high school, we do have early college high schools that not only get those students what we call those entry or gateway courses, but they also explore different career opportunities so that those students, when they leave and they have an associate's degree or they have hours towards an associate's degree, they're much more focused on what it is that they want to be or what career it is that they want to establish for themselves. Absolutely. Gives them a different perspective. Hope, you know, mm. yes. is very futuristic thinking for them. They might have not even started thinking about that, you know, in middle or high school, but the application has to be made in the eighth grade. Yes. What are the requirements and what's the process like? So every early college high school can set up their own, and that's part of their application, is to set up what they're going to use in terms of a process. Typically, pretty much all of ours, they take some of their current students, they take them out to the middle schools or junior highs, depending upon what your district has, and they give them a taste of what they're seeing. They let the kids talk about what they're doing. They have parent nights where they bring the parents in to explain to them, because remember, a lot of these folks we're reaching out to, their parents have never been on a college campus or seen it or have any understanding of what that means to them. Some of our more successful early college high schools also run a kind of a numbers test for those parents and say, okay, so if your kid's going to college and you have to pay for all four years versus you pay for two years, that's very eye-opening, I think, for a lot of our parents. So the kids go through this process. They have very specific rubrics. They go through, they rate the students. If they have enough slots for everybody, of course, they would take everybody that applied. But if they don't, then it's a ranked system based on the students that they have. Or if they're not comfortable with that, they can use a group out of North Carolina that does a lottery system for them so that the local people don't have to deal with people being upset. And once that's done, quite a few of our schools have a summer bridge program where they'll bring the kids to the community college campus and help them show them where everything is located, kind of start to build some team building with them and their teachers, because it's a very small group of high school teachers that are involved in an early college. And they typically have to teach the kids two or three years in a row in their subject area. So they really get to be close and know each other. So there's a lot of team building. And then in the fall, they get on the school bus, just like everybody else, and go to their college and start school. Very unique situation for them. Is there a cost to the students? No, there is not. 
basically what the districts use if they use their ADA allowance for those students and they appropriate those funds not only to hire the high school teachers that would teach the high school courses but then they also pay the community college or the post-secondary institution part of those funds because they are actually providing many of the classes and those students in an early college high school they are on that early college high school campus all day long and so the district works out the lunches for them. They work out the technology for them. They work out textbooks and other fees that would typically be a part of a secondary education. And they work very closely with whatever the post-secondary institution is to make sure those students are provided all of those resources they need to be successful and is at no expense to the student. Wow, such a great resource, a great opportunity and partnership between all the entities who are involved in making this successful for the students. And a child can walk away from high school with an associate degree at no cost. Pretty awesome. So do students get to participate in athletics or other extracurricular activities at their home school? It truly depends on the early college and how they're set up in their own charter memo, whatever they have. But typically, yes, if the kids want to go back, they'll make that work for them. What we've seen in the years that we've had them is a lot of students may want to go back their ninth and 10th grade year, but usually by the time they're hitting that 11th and 12th grade year, they're so much more focused on the college side. Is there a cap for the number of students? Is that based on each one of these college campuses, how many students they allow in the program? Yes. Just want to make sure their classes are all in person and not online. They may have some online components, but the beauty of the early college high school and behind the model is that we get this population of students on campus, in these classrooms, with their cohorts, and that they understand this is college life, and I can access this, and I can be successful. So there may be some online classes, but you know, in 2023, you very seldom get a college degree and not take an online course. You know, it wasn't like it was with me back in the dark ages when everything was face-to-face, you know? Or me. me. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So again, they get a mix of that because we want to give them an authentic experience. If in fact they decide after that associate's degree or hours earned toward an associate's degree that they want to continue their education, that they're equipped to do that. Right. Set somewhat real good. Right. Exactly. So concerning the social interactions, you're taking 19, 11, 12th graders out of their high school setting and putting them on a college campus. How does that impact their social and learning environments? Having those younger students on campus, do they interact with any college students? How does that all work? Do you train them at all? Their first year, which would be their ninth grade year or their uh, freshman year, those students are probably taking more high school courses with their high school teachers, and they may get an orientation class or some sort of entry-level class at the community college level. 
as they move into their sophomore year, it shifts a little bit. They take a few more college level classes, but they still have some high school credits that they have to earn. By the time that they get to their junior year, that's when you start seeing the real shift, possibly to the point that the student may have more post-secondary courses than they have secondary classes. So by that time, as a junior, they have matured a lot. They've been in the program long enough to know I've made a commitment to this program. This program serves me well. I'm happy here. And then, like I mentioned before, those students may not be completely cohorted together starting their junior year. They may have different interests, particularly if they're going for some sort of post-secondary industry certification, but to the best of their ability, they are cohorted so that they have their colleagues to help them and assist them. Also, you know, a lot of our particularly community colleges on Fridays, they either have shortened days or they don't have classes on those days. And what we ask an early college high school to do when they apply is we ask that they hire a transition coordinator. And that person works with students to help them transition from their high school class to their post-secondary courses, helps them identify what it is that they maybe want to specialize in, and helps them navigate this very different system. And that is uh, non-negotiable. It's important that they have that person to help those young folks navigate what they're getting into at a pretty early age. So I think with all of those rapid around services and support, students can be successful. There are some great and strong safety and transitional mm -hmm. nets in place for the mm -hmm. students. What about the parents? What's their role? Well, as always, you know, your parents are your main cheerleaders and your main supporters. And a lot of time is spent helping the parents understand the process as much as the students. They have lots of parent nights at each of the early college high schools. They take the parents to the campus and show them around, discuss with them what to expect in terms of homework. Or if your child is doing something with an online class, there might be something they're doing from home rather than at the campus. So there's a big component in that transition coordination is a big piece of that as well. They help the parents to understand better what's happening. Gotcha. So if a student does not start in the ninth grade, can they start later or they've missed this opportunity if they don't start in the ninth grade? Typically speaking, it would be a very unusual case mm -hmm. for a student to come in in their sophomore year as opposed to their freshman year. It would be difficult academically, obviously, to do something like that, but also I think difficult socially as well, because those students in the ninth grade, well, really in the eighth grade when they apply, but particularly in the ninth grade, they make a huge commitment to not give up other things, but they really have made an academic commitment. So so it would be difficult for an older student to come into and join a cohort of early college high school students. Now, there are other models of this similar. We mentioned earlier middle college high schools that really focuses on juniors and seniors. So there are other opportunities, innovative practices that exist in the state. So if a district feels like they want to really get those students into that post-secondary setting, more their junior and senior year, they might opt into the middle college program as opposed to the early college high school. 
Well, that's so good to hear that MDE has covered all those bases for opportunities mm-hmm. for all students with innovative learning, because I know you all will agree with me that learning is going to get even more innovative as we move along in this new digital world that we're living in. So that's really good to hear. Now, talk to me a little bit about the curricula on the college campuses. Are they altered at all for the younger students or are those students expected to adjust to the rigor of those classroom settings? In the state of Mississippi, any time that a student enrolls in a dual enrollment or a dual credit opportunity, be it an early college high school, a middle college program, or just as a high school student, there's an articulation agreement between the district and the post-secondary institution. And the MDE, as well as the local school district, they yield to the curriculum of the college. So if a child is enrolled in English Comp 1, that child is receiving. English Comp 1, just like you would as a freshman in college. If a child is what we call duly enrolled, meaning they have a teacher on their campus, a high school teacher, who is teaching them English Comp 1, for example, that teacher has to be employed with the post-secondary institution. They have to meet their teaching requirements, whatever that is, and then they actually teach the curriculum of the post-secondary institution. Okay. This is where I'm seeking the difference between dual enrollment as well as early college high school in terms of receiving that associate degree. Because I know that there are some students who take dual enrollment classes and they're also able to receive degree as well. Is that correct? That's ma'am. If they get typically an associate's degree is what, 30 hours? So if they enroll, if they're able to work their schedule at their regular high school and able to accrue the required courses for the associate's degree, we have some students that actually will walk across the campus at their local community college where they've earned the associate's degree. And then later they will walk across the stage to get their high school diploma. And the reason it's in that order is because because our post-secondary institutions tend to graduate a little bit earlier than our secondary institutions. Very unique situation. I think the key here is that the early college students get that full immersion to the community college, into feeling like they're one of those students, where a lot of the middle college students, it may be a class at the high school, or they might have one or two on campus. Right. Mm -hmm. And getting that full experience after graduation, they're much more encouraged and they want to go further. They will have that much more encouragement. So I love that. So when they graduate from the early college high school and they go across the stage, they get their high school diploma and or a certificate or credits. Mm -hmm. Is it the student who determines whether they want an associate's degree or a certification? It's the student. I mean, it's completely up to them. It's our job to expose them to the opportunities. And then it's their opportunity to then make a choice for themselves. And, you know, sometimes in the secondary realm, it's as important to figure out what you don't want to be when you grow up as it is to figure out what you want to be. So some of them will graduate with an associate's degree and they're still trying to decide exactly what it is that they want to do career-wise, but they have those credits toward whatever they choose. 
choose. So it's really up to the student ultimately. And the reason I say credit earned toward an associate's degree as opposed to an associate's degree, we get some students, particularly in this population that has obviously more barriers, they get into an early college high school and they realize, you know, I may not be able to get the associate's degree while I get my diploma, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to earn as much as I can toward that associate's degree. And we support that. So at the end of the year, you may have folks getting an associate's degree and a diploma. You may have somebody just getting a diploma and that's okay. They have credit toward that associate's degree. And again, proven to themselves that they have access and they can be successful. Right. I can remember a day when, you know, you wanted to do something unique for a student situation and that wasn't available. Mm -hmm. It's so refreshing to hear that there are so many avenues that students can take. Someone mentioned earlier, I think you, Dr. Johnson, mentioned that we are not really able to measure yet the success rate of some of these students. Do we have any success stories that you've heard that's come out of any of these there are so many heartwarming stories that you hear. You know, my child never fit in at the regular school and now they're a part of it all. My child didn't know what they wanted to do with their lives. And at the end of early college, they knew exactly what they wanted. A lot of those kind of stories. In terms of hard data numbers, certainly the ones that have already had students to graduate, as I said earlier, they are looking at over half of those students are coming out with both a degree and either a certification or or an associate's degree. Additionally, they're pretty much at 100% all students graduating, which oh, is awesome. not what a lot of high schools can say. They have a lot more interest. That's awesome. Well, how can other communities join with their community colleges nearby to start one of these programs? What's that process like? I will say our job is to support and help coach. You know, when we talk about districts applying for an early college high school, it's not a rigorous application process. It's not a barrier to having an innovative school at all. We actually travel to those local areas and we'll meet with the secondary and post-secondary representatives. We have partners at the IHL and Mississippi Community College board that travels with us. And so we have the perspective of the post-secondary institution as well as the secondary institution. We will take them examples of MOUs from other early college high schools, take them examples of scheduling, take them examples of transportation. You know, how do you negotiate all of this? And our early college high schools that are in existence currently are very willing to share what they've done and been successful at and what they had to tweak a little bit to help other districts and post-secondary institutions be successful. So it's really just a matter of reaching out to a post-secondary institution if you're a secondary person and seeing if there's a willingness on their behalf or from the post-secondary perspective, reaching out to the local school district and seeing. And then once there's interest by both parties, then the MDE is certainly willing to come in and talk about the experiences that other districts have had and help in any way that we can. And one understanding that all of the schools that become early college high schools have is that they're going to be available for people to come and see it in action. And we always want to take any district that's interested with a wide variety of people from their district, not just the superintendent or a principal, but you know some counselors, some teachers to see it in action. 
That's good. Open door mm -hmm. policy is the best way. Put it on display and allows for others to learn about it. So if there are parents or superintendents or teachers listening to our conversation, once we publish this podcast and they're interested in this, hey, this is how it can be done in your community. Students in your neck of the woods have opportunity to have one of these early college high schools. They are connected to a community college, which is great. So if students and parents are interested in applying, where can they go? The website in that particular area where the colleges are? That is correct. Each district will have their own application process. So if there's a parent or a student listening and they are currently in one of these districts that have an early college high school, they can reach out to their local administration, particularly their school counselor, and ask them more about the program and how they might apply for it. If it's a parent and a student in a district maybe that doesn't have an early college high school yet, but they're listening and they think, well, I'm very interested interested in that. It's something that I would talk with my administration at my local school about, because like I said, it's not as difficult as you might think to start an early college high school, particularly if it's a district early college high school. There are a little more logistics when you get into a regional model, but there are certainly opportunities. And if parents or students want to reach out to us and just express that interest, we'll be happy to be that go-between or be that communicator, because we believe leave in the early college high school. So is there any opportunity to go out of district? Currently, the only opportunity that exists, the only model we have for that is GTEx, the Golden Triangle Early College High School, because those students are technically going out of district. So is it possible? Absolutely, it's possible. But like I said, that regional model does take a little more planning just because the logistics are a little more entrenched than it would be in a district model. But like I said, we've done it. And in fact, it's our flagship early college high school is very first one so and it's been hugely successful a lot of our success stories from parents and students many of them come from the golden triangle area okay well is there anything that i didn't <laughs> ask because that's the end of my list of questions that i have what did i leave out what did i miss that might be important for someone to know about mississippi's early college high schools I would just like to reiterate that we're constantly faced with, are we asking kids to grow up faster than we grew up? Are we asking them to grow up too fast? Early college high school is not a pressure situation. It's about finding that fit for every child. It's about finding those opportunities for every child. Is early college high school for every student? Absolutely not. But it is an ideal option for many students. And so the fact that we're able to provide those opportunities for students, I think is really important. And I just hope that we'll be able to provide more opportunities to students in the future. Like you said, just being innovative in the way that we deliver daily instruction is imperative now. This has been a great conversation with you. Thank you, Ms. Wendy Clemens and Dr. Lee Johnson for providing details and insight about this dynamic program. We hope that students will take advantage of it when it relates to them and what it has to offer toward their future. 
have with me here today Miss Natalie Ford from Vicksburg, Mississippi. Natalie is no stranger to us. We've had several conversations with her here on Chalkboard Chat. Natalie is a ninth grader from Warren County, Mississippi, and she is a member of the MPB Student Council. Natalie, thank you so much for coming back to talk to me about something totally different today and very exciting for students across the state of Mississippi, a cool program that you are a part of, Early College High School. So welcome. Thank you. I am from River City Early College, which is based on the Hines campus in Warren County. My program is called River City Early College, but my home school is Warren Central. There's two home schools that are in River City Early College. You have the Vicksburg High School and Warren Central High School. So I think it creates a pretty unique environment, and I'm glad that we get that experience. We get to mix with both schools, and there's a little bit competitive rivalry in there. So... I'm glad to be here to talk about it. So let's start right at the top. What made you interested in early college high school? The RCC staff, they came to our school and they explained to us, they said, if you don't want to work, don't come here. But if you want to have a better expanded future, if you want to have to take less classes when you get out of high school, if you choose to go to college, if you want to have to take less classes, then this is a great opportunity for you and we think you should come here. So that made me really interested. And so I applied and I got in. Wow. Tell me about the application process. So in order to get into River City Early College first, you obviously have to apply. It's a simple application. And then they have some more personal type questions like, what's the career you want to go into? How do you think you would feel if your friends got in and you didn't get in? Or if you got in and none of your friends got in, how would you feel? And so from that point onwards, you either get an interview time where you come to River City Early College or you don't get anything. And so that's the first step. And then you have the interview. They'll ask you some questions there just to kind of understand you. And then about a month later, you'll get a letter in the mail telling you whether you've been accepted or not. Was the interview hard? It was kind of hard if you weren't prepared. If you weren't thinking about it beforehand, I think some of the questions will catch you off guard. Mm -hmm. So did you interview with one person or a group of people? This Mm -hmm. year, there was two teachers in a room. Some of the ninth and 10th graders were picked. Like one of my friends was picked to go sit in an interview. I don't know if it was there last year, but I know for a fact this year, sometimes it's two teachers plus a student. Okay. So how did you feel when you got the letter in the mail? Well, my mom posted a video of it on Facebook because I recorded it because she wasn't picking up the phone. And I looked so dumb because the letter was green and I thought green meant yes. And I started getting nervous because, you know, it doesn't just come out and like say it right at the top. It's at the very bottom. It's like as I was reading, I got scared because they weren't telling me that I was accepted. At the very bottom, it said I was accepted. So I was really excited. It was just really fun. Made me feel kind of special, you know, that I got accepted. Absolutely. It should. So congratulations on the back end here. Are any of your friends going as well? Most of the people that I talk to on a regular basis, they applied and they got in as well. So tell me, what's a day in the life of a student at early college high school? So for your ninth grade and your 10th grade year, you take high school classes and on a specific day of the week, you go up and take a college class. So my day of the week is Monday. And so I'll go up and take my sociology class on Monday. But for juniors and seniors, it's all college classes all the time, all day. So for them, it's very different. In between college classes, we have this area called the village where that's kind of their classroom area. It's separate from where the ninth and 10th graders are. And they go 
sit and they work and there's like two teachers up there who help them out and then they're just taking all of their college classes. So are you in the school with the rest of the ninth graders in Warren County, Mississippi, or are you in a different location? The location is completely different. Okay. Like I said, we have Vicksburg High School kids and we have Warren Central High School kids. Mm -hmm. So we're across the road from Warren Central, but we're on the Heinz Community College campus. Okay. So it's kind of like you're a high school college student at the same time. That's kind of what it is, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So what difference have you experienced in high school, early college than you would just being in your regular school at Warren Central High School? I think the big difference that I see is the teachers are so supportive at RCEC because they know what they're going to face when they sign up to be a teacher there. They know that they're dealing with high school kids who are trying to deal with college at the same time. So I feel like the teachers at RCEC, they're a lot kinder than the normal high school teachers that I've met. They just care more about the students and about how they're doing because they understand the struggle that they're going through. It's more fresh in their memory than the high school struggle that they went through when they're thinking about college struggles. So you're saying perhaps that maybe those teachers have a little empathy and understanding yeah. that you are in a different phase as a high school student at your age and the transition. So they're a little bit more empathetic to that. They're empathetic. But they're also very strict and they prepare you for the college. They're not lenient on you. If you don't turn it in on time, that's a zero and that's the best they can do because that's how college is going to give it to you. So they really prepare you in that way. That's a good thing. Well, what have you found to be most rewarding and most challenging? I think it's really rewarding to see seniors getting close to their graduation and like they celebrate them. I think that's what rewards me personally because I see that in the end, all the hard work that I'm putting in, it's going to get to a point where I'm going to get a reward out of it. You know, I'm going to get that associate's degree when I graduate. So I think for me personally, it's rewarding to see all the seniors walking around or the juniors when they come up to our area instead of the village. I think it's really nice to see them it motivates me to get there. But challenging, college is definitely challenging. The only issue that I really have with it is it's very strict on the deadlines. There is that rigor there and strictness, even though they are nicer to you, but there's still that rigor and strictness behind their expectations of you. So when you graduate in a year or a couple of years from now, you'll have a degree or a couple of degrees or some sort of certification. So all RCEC students are going for an associate's degree of general studies. That's what we're all going towards. But our student counselor, she says that if you're not lenient this way or the other, like if you don't care if you get an associate's degree, then it might be better to just get the credits that will benefit your degree in specific that they have available at our campus. So the associate's degree is kind of the general thing that gets people excited to come to RCEC, but at the same time, um, that's not exactly what you have to go for. Okay. What are you going for? I think it would be nice to have an associate's degree, but I also think it would be nice to, you know, look at my specific degree and see what lines up the most. I haven't really decided yet. That's more of a sophomore going into your junior year thing. That's when you take the most college classes is your junior year. So what are your plans when you graduate then? 
I know I want to go to Delta State. I know I want to be a pilot and I need a bachelor's degree and they have really good flight programs over at Delta State. And so I've been looking into it to see what's there. So I think that's where I'm going towards or I could get a bachelor's degree in pretty much anything. I don't think I have to get it one specific way because I'm going to the Air Force after that. Okay. I love those dreams. Those are good, <laughs> good healthy goals, a pilot. <laughs> I don't hear that a lot, but that's quite interesting. So I'm going to be following you. Maybe I'll see you take off one day. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. I'm trying yeah, to get there. You will, Natalie. So what would your plans look like or would they be different if you weren't going to early college high school? I think if I wasn't going to River City or the college, I don't think I would be as prepared for it. So I would be very reserved in my choices. I think a lot of people think these big colleges, they have really hard programs or they think colleges that are really far away from home. But being home and taking college classes and, you know, still kind of feeling like I need to lean on my parents a little bit for a little help or a little motivation. I wanted to go to Purdue because Purdue, it just looked pretty and it looked nice. And I was like, wow, I want to go so far away from home. But <laughs> yeah. now I'm like, I want to stay right here. <laughs> well, we hope you stay here after you finish your degree and find a career here that you love and immerse yourself into Mississippi and keep all that talent here. We like when that happens. So the last question that I have for you, Natalie, is what would you tell another student if they are considering applying to early college high school? I always start off with explaining that your athletics or your sports are not harmed by going to River City Early College. That's one of the biggest misconceptions you hear. People will tell other kids like, oh, well, you can't play football if you go to River City. That's not true. We have multiple football players at our school. You can do both. So those students who are athletes, they can go back and play on the team at Warren Central High School. They don't miss a beat there. Right. Okay. Well, that is good. That's a plus. The last question I'll ask, do you find it to be more time consuming to be going to college and high school at the same time? Does it take up more of your time in the evening, more weekend work? It definitely does. It's definitely time consuming because for the class I'm in right now, we have Sunday assignments, which you can do them anytime they open up at the very beginning of the year. But sometimes kids only sit down on Saturdays and do their Sunday assignments. So I think it is more time consuming, especially if you're doing a sport, which is why you also have to consider it. Because when I was doing marching season in color guard, it was the practices. There's so many of them. And Wednesday was really my only afternoon off. So that's when I would have to get all of my college work done was Wednesdays. So I think it is challenging. And if you know you're not really good with deadlines and you're also trying to do a lot of sports, I don't think it would be the right place for somebody to go. It's a lot to balance. Yeah. Or if someone is a member of this club or that club, it wouldn't be a good idea. Well, Natalie, what have I missed asking you that you said Dr. Rand should have asked me this about early college high school? I want to talk a little bit about the environment that's there. Like the atmosphere at River City Early College is so good. When I go to RCEC, I feel very happy. It's a very happy atmosphere. There's not really any fights or anything like that. And there's a mix of schools. So there is no popularity because, you know, you can't be the popular cheerleader if there's two schools uh -huh. going to the same place. 
there's no social hierarchy there really no contest Mm -hmm. you know you're all from different backgrounds from different parts of the town I think even if you're doing a sport anything like that it's worth it to go simply because of the atmosphere and how helpful the staff is and the teachers and how much they care about the students that are there are they smaller class sizes than the high school I would say probably yes Mm because I think in my homeroom there's like 13 of us So maybe that smaller class size, the more hands-on with your teachers, perhaps, and just a mix of people from different backgrounds, different schools, different parts of the city that you would not normally interact with, that makes it feel a whole lot (laughs) like a college campus, kind of, right? Yeah, and I'm so happy that I got to go there because most of my friends are from Vicksburg. And so me being a Warren Central student, we wouldn't have been friends anymore. Like you can still text and call, but it would be really hard because you're not together at school. Well, it sounds like you're having a fabulous start to your early college high school experience. It sounds like it's just going to get better. And I'm so glad that you come here to share your experience with me. So thank you, Natalie Ford, for giving me this moment of your time today. You're welcome. It was a good conversation. I'm glad I got to talk about it. Thank you. Class is now dismissed. You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAS. Thank you for tuning in. Before you go, please be sure to leave a positive review for Chalkboard Chat and subscribe to be the first to know when the new episode releases. See you next time.